I'm back in Berlin, but uh, so wow, yeah, I, I, it, this was this was was an was a hard one to schedule. I guess it, we're in the middle of the of the teaching touring touring uh, season. So, what do you guys share? Where where you guys are at? I mean, I don't know. Okay, I uh, you know I'm living in France, so I am maybe in the middle of teaching and touring, but I am also in the middle of strike, <laughs> and uh, so I I try to manage to do the teaching, the the concerts, and the the master class. I mean everything, and and change all the time the train because uh, so you know it's. I hope I will be able to make everything. I don't know. I still <laughs> so so you're you're in Maastricht this week uh, uh, just uh today and tomorrow and after that I have to go to south of France by train and uh good luck <laughs> I do everything I try to do the maximum by train now you know because yeah. uh, you know for obvious reason but uh it's not the best time for this <laughs> yeah what about you Fabio I you've been in London and I think you're in Alicante now no that's right yeah I was teaching in London last week and now I'm doing my seminar here in Alicante. The problem here in Spain, especially here in Alicante, <laughs> uh, is uh, not to enjoy the place too much, otherwise you don't teach. I mean, you just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great place. Uh, I... and it must be must be so warm uh, at this time. Like last year, I was there for business and uh, yeah, the difference was just striking. It was like zero degrees in Berlin, and then you go there, and it's like twenty-four or like twenty, and then you're eating paella, yeah. and like it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's expected to go up to thirty on Sunday. No, but, yeah, but today okay, that that makes then. me worried. Sadio, it looks like you are like me in a very attractive-looking, nice-looking hotel. I see behind. Yeah, it's like they, me. You know? they, they are very welcoming here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Fabio, maybe we can just so, uh, not not a surprise, right? I mean, uh, the quick introductions again. You know, Alvaro, uh, I'm a guitarist, former guitarist. Um, you know, person in business now, but like still pretty engaged with the community, and uh, love to have these conversations with two of the greatest active guitarists and greatest maestros. You know, in the circuit right now, which is Kel Perrois and uh, and Fabio Sanon, and uh, not only do they teach in 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 top conservatories in Geneva, in uh, Royal Academy of Music, um, uh, but they also tour around as as teachers, and uh, in addition to performing. So that is that is kind of what I wanted to talk about today. It was like uh, uh, this concept of you know starting your career as a teacher, right? Which is what most people will do by default and then continuing to 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 improve you know so so uh, but 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 before that it's it's interesting like so uh, you go all over the place you teach so much like you both are two of the people uh, of the people that I, I i see are all over teaching so much in multiple continents right so so uh how do you how do you Keep up the level, because and, and let me start with this, right? I was having a conversation with David Russell like uh, maybe ten years ago, and uh, we were we were chatting about. I was finishing my studies in guitar, and then he was saying, "It's like, yeah, I mean, I I saw that that other people that went into the conservatories, you know, started teaching full time, etc., but then they started playing less good, you know." And uh, and I see that a lot, right? You see people that maybe are winning competitions, et cetera, then they settle down, they finish that phase of their life, they start teaching a lot, and then they don't have time to practice like as if they were in a competition, and you can notice that, right? But when I see you both, it's like, it's not like that. I may, but maybe maybe it's just me, like maybe I'm not noticing it. So, so I guess like to, to kick things off, it's like, do you feel that that's true? Do you feel that you were playing better before when you were just practicing? Or do you think that there's, that you are constantly continuing to keep the level and getting better even as you teach so much? Well, okay. if, if you don't mind me starting, mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that I don't, I, I don't see myself primarily as a teacher. Of course, I love to teach and I do some, but 
back in Brazil, for instance, I don't have students. I have only one regular student. I never had a position as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And even in London, of course, my position is not a, a regular position of somebody who teaches uh, every week. Mm -hmm. I'm a visiting professor, so I only come there once every three months or so. And so this is not uh, the pattern that, um, that my professional life has followed. That, that's all. Of course, I'm always teaching in festivals, teaching master classes here and there. And nowadays, I always tell my students, study teaching. Think about that. Try to get more information about that. First of all, because uh, if you're going to teach, things are changing very quickly. There are lots of information that we have now that we didn't have 40 years ago. And uh, we have uh, to be responsible towards the students. That's the first thing. Second thing is, um, well, uh, in, in my case, it, it was not a primary thing. Uh, th th that's all. Um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how to explain that. I, I've never had a, a regular position as a kind of university teacher, mm -hmm. maybe because in Brazil, uh, where I first study and where I come from, universities, they are, they are very, uh, how can I say, uh, bureaucratic and uh, they have a very clear hierarchy. So mm. if you don't go uh, through the whole process of doing a you know, master's degree and PhD and uh, writing very long dissertations and spending many hours uh, doing all the academic uh, obligations, you simply cannot have that. Whereas in, in London, I have a much more flexible Mm. Um, uh, position. I mean, uh, of course, I have to respond for what I do, but it's not that kind of thing that, I mean, you have to do a, a strong academic career. But yeah, I just hope that I managed to help people somehow. But yeah, back in Brazil, I have only one student. Mm. Now I'm coming to the point in my life where having a proper teaching position in a major conservatory might be an attractive uh, perspective. Uh, at, at this point, I mean, I've done a lot of performing. Mm. I'm at a point in my life where many times I feel that practicing more and more and more hours doesn't add much to what I do. Mm. So I, I've managed to manage uh, <laughs> somehow. Um, and uh, But still, uh, it, 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 I, I see myself primarily as a performer who teaches rather than a teacher, a teacher who performs. What, what about you, Judicale? I mean... I can't say what I see myself primary, but uh, probably if I, again, if I had to choose between both activity, I would choose to teach very clearly. And uh, I, I teach each week the same student. I have like, uh, let's say that I have about... Uh, very near 30 students that I see each week. Jesus. Yeah, 15 in Geneva. It's kind of insane, yeah. I mean, 15 in Geneva, mm -hmm. eight in Lille, and four, five private students. And uh, all, all of them are good players, you know? So really, I mean, so I teach them each week, I would say, you know, or at least more than 25 times a year. So, it's a very important activity about my practicing. I'm I'm kind of uh, lucky because I I was I was never practicing. In fact, I was learning pieces. And when I know the piece, I just don't practice at all. Mm -hmm. So I can keep this rhythm. In fact, of practicing. Uh, when when I when I was younger, for example, after I didn't have so much concept, so I wasn't practicing except when I was running. So I was running a piece. If the piece was difficult, I was taking time. If the piece wasn't difficult, I was running quickly. And after that, when when I knew the pieces, I wasn't practicing at all. So I could stop during three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, one month, without really noticing. I was just I was not practicing. Um, so I. It's a little bit the same thing. For example, I, I, lately I didn't have concert during three weeks, so I didn't touch the guitar because the piece, the new piece I was supposed to play, I just know it now. Mm -hmm. So I was all the time like this. Uh, but the thing I noticed that now I'm getting older, I will be 50 very soon. It takes more time for me to learn the piece. Uh, not to learn, but to, to have the piece inside my body. I mean, you know, all the pieces I learned before, let's say my 18, I know it, I know them. Even if I don't play during 10 years, I know them. And I have the I have the feeling that now 
I need much more time to uh, to be at the point that I I don't forget the piece. I, that that's the big difference, and it takes for me more time. So if I want to be positive, I say that I have much more knowledge to put in the music, so it takes more time. If I am more uh, less positive or maybe more realist, I just getting older, so it becomes a bit more difficult. This is why chess players are less good at 15 and 30. And this <laughs> is uh, for the same reason that, uh, you know, you, you lose some, uh, some brain uh, activity. Of course, you can gain some other stuff. But uh, when it's just pure learning, it's just a little bit more difficult, I would say. But I I can say I play better or worse. I I really don't know, and I I prefer probably. So so for for both of you, right? Like very different approaches, and I and 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 I think to a to a very like I the the heart of the question goes beyond. I guess it, it had to do with teaching or being busy, right? Like just continue mm. to develop yourself after, <clears throat> because I think that, that that a lot of the people who 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 listen to this. Um, maybe students, right, who admire both of you and that who are at that point in which they're going to go from being a student or a competitor to to just continue on their own, right? So 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 that is very interesting to me. Like how how do you conceive, how can you be your own teacher and continue to develop for the decades then that you have after? Because I remember, in your case, right, um, there's these fairly famous kind of videos that you did on your on your living room, kind of just practicing the the uh, the partita, for instance, mm. right? And there were very ve different versions of that when you were like, okay, first try, I just learned this mm. kind of thing, and then like sometime later, and that mm. is that something? Can you speak a little bit about that? Like, why was that process? Do you I do mean, that the, often for? The, I mean, the process for me when I learn the piece is. I, I just played the piece from the beginning to the end, very extremely badly at the beginning. Uh, and I, I just repeat it, I repeat, I repeat, I repeat, I repeat. And after a while, I, the thing fixed by themselves. Uh, on the past, I wasn't writing anything on my score. Mm -hmm. And now I write stuff because uh, I write very little, to be honest. But I, I write a little bit something just to don't forget what I find. But I used to don't write anything on my score, just repeating. And after that, uh, I just knew the piece. So I, I was thinking that maybe it wasn't the best way to learn. I mean, I would never give this advice, but at least it was working for me. And uh, we, we both do guitar for a very long time. And I guess I started like that when I was a kid, except I didn't really change. I was I'm just repeating from the beginning to the end, and I never do some passages. Because uh, the, the thing is, I don't I really hate the process of learning the piece. So I just try to learn it. And after that, I'm I'm fine with it. But I really hate so much that I prefer to don't uh, think and just learn. It's just my way. I, it but was but, but how do you make decisions on interpretation, for instance? Like we, we, we talked a couple of times of like you, you played the, the Bach, for instance, a little bit different yeah. now than before. Yes, I, I mean... <sighs> I don't know. I have the feeling that it's a little bit uh, with the same thing with photo. When you don't know how to do photo, you just do a bunch of photo. Now you don't have to pay for anything. And you do like 1,000 photo. And sometimes there is one with okay, which is okay. It's just luck, except that uh, I play the way how it comes. And when I and I listen what I do, and sometimes I, I get lucky and it's nice. And so when it's nice, I say, okay, that's nice. And, and I keep it. This is how I do. Because if I try to decide too much with my brain, I will uh, I will decide, I will block myself because I will think that a lot of things can't work. And mm -hmm. the thing I notice for myself is uh, uh, when you you get older, you, you you have a lot of you know you know more things, and the things you know sometimes might block you to try things because you think that it won't work. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I do like this. So it's I more mean, of a kind of organic kind of kind of thing. I, I I have the sense, Fabio, that it might be different for you. I don't know. Is it, or or, or do you also have kind of this kind of organic a way of learning, way of uh, uh, approach to developing uh, your playing? It, it is a bit different, but not much, to be honest. Um, I. I 
I'm very fast at learning, like lecture detail. I mean, I pick up a new piece, unless it's something completely unusual. Of course, if you give me, let's say, Elliot Carter's changes, that is a very unusual piece, so it would take longer to, to <laughs> learn. But anything that is more standard repertoire, uh, I just play many times for a couple of days. After that couple of days, I start to, to make an idea of what I want the piece to sound like. And then the fingering comes very naturally, very quickly, and I memorize the piece very quickly. Mm. Uh, essentially, that's it. Memorizing has never been a problem for me, unless uh, I don't memorize chamber music. I don't see the point. Mm. Um, and there's this thing of, you know, I, I have a curiosity for music that I cannot control. I, I'm conducting a program of Sibelius music in June, and I cannot think of anything else. I'm reading every book that, that falls in my hands and uh, listening to other people conducting it and uh, reading about the guy and uh, uh, trying to, to find out ways of uh, making that music sound really beautiful, especially for a public uh, like the one in Brazil that is not very familiar with Sibelius's music. So I'm, I'm completely taken by it. So. If I can give any any advice, is cultivate your curiosity. If you don't have curiosity, you might as well just give up now. I mean, it's, that is but, but, the engine behind the artists. But it sounds like for both of you, that's very interesting, right? So for both of you, the prerequisite for that is to, to reach a point in which you can grasp to, to be able to learn stuff relatively fast. And then it's kind of like, then then it becomes second nature. And then it is the information you put in your brain that kind of adds to that level, to that base, let's say. No? More or Maybe. less? Maybe. Te technically speaking, I've never been a natural technical player. Everything in my technique has, has been basically hard work. But after I reached a certain age where I could play pretty much everything I wanted, it has mm -hmm. stabilized. I'm 57 now, I haven't felt any decline yet. But of course, any technical gain is much slower now. So if I have to learn a piece, yeah. a virtuosic piece or anything like that, I look at that and say, well, is it worth it? Because I have to put many hours, many, many, many hours to develop a technique that I still don't have. So for instance, if I had to play, I don't know, Barrio Sequenza now from scratch, I mean, if I had never learned that before, it would take me, you know, the best part of a year to learn it. But uh, just because I had to develop new techniques, but anything that is pretty much standard that I learned up to the age of 28 or something, or 25, to be honest, uh, it has stayed with me. And uh, thanks God, so far I haven't felt any loss. Quite the opposite. Uh, actually, the older I get, the faster I learn. I learn. What about for you, Jake? Because like you are tackling now some, and, and in your in your latest CD, you will you will release stuff that is uh i don't know if you would even consider challenging right i mean you're, you're tackling those rachmaninoff uh etude uh, arrangements right but for you is it more that it's just new music or were you like no i want to develop something i want to be able to do something that i couldn't do before no or i if... mean it's a, no 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 it's, it's not mm -hmm. linked like this the, the thing mm -hmm. new I, I did a little bit i learned the uh, I just finished to learn the, the what was called the third lute suite, which is the cello one mm, yeah. with the pre presto. And uh, I used to don't do ornaments in in Bach music. I the minimum of the minimum because uh, I don't know. I start like this, and I I have so much my students to do ornaments, and all of them do ornaments that I decide finally before my fifty to do some ornaments, <laughs> which I did. Ah. So. I didn't really learn to do this. I just came naturally and mm -hmm. I was feeling that I, I didn't have the choice. I mean, I had the feeling that I had to do like my first degree, something I couldn't have done before. I just decided to do it now. Mm -hmm. I don't know, for some reason. So I don't know. I, I might learn also some early music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I never played that. I mean, I played that when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. I really hate these pieces when I was little. <laughs> I, I used to yeah. think boring but now i really like it and mm. so i'm going to learn but it's not like a new technique or something like this it's just you know i want to do it now mm. so yeah i i guess we we uh, even if we didn't uh, learn something very specific technically the way that the music is played has changed a lot in mm. 
30 years. And of course, we have changed also the way to listen it. I mean, for sure. Uh, and if you talk about Baroque, you just have to see how different play the Absicot players yeah. than 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And and uh, if I like some Absicot player of now, it means my taste have changed also because they play so differently that what they do now wouldn't have been accepted 30 years ago. You know, those kind of, if you listen, the main references across 40 years ago. And now how all of them play, I mean, it's kind of very difficult to like both at the same time. So we change because of that, because the general taste change. Yeah, and I mean, Jean Rondeau sounds definitely very, very different than uh, yes, Leon Hart. Yes, but Jean Rondeau, yeah, 40 years ago, everybody would have thought that he's a lunatic. Yeah, exactly. But really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And me too. <laughs> the, the thing is this, right? You both listen to so much music, right? But what we're, what I'm hearing now is, uh, I I just I just it's a very organic way to approach your continued relationship with playing and with learning, etc. Right? So how do you? Inc it's not a it's not a conscious thing. Like I'm gonna listen. Like how do you com go, like bring in all the information that you're consuming from listening uh, to? Different artists going to concerts, etc., with your own playing and development. It might it might not be one to one, right? Like it, it might not. You might be listening to like something completely different and playing like early music. You might be listening to like I don't know, uh, um, Richter playing Prokofiev, and then you're working on on a, on on a piece by Dowland or something like that. Is it is that kind of kind of how it is, or or are you more kind of uh, listening the stuff that you're playing or the style okay judy i don't know i i i gave one week ago a didactic class in uh for students to learn how to be teacher in paris conservatory and i asked them uh what is the best way for them to, to learn is it uh, to have the knowledge of the new style? Is it to listen exactly the same piece and try to copy it? Is it to listen a bunch of stuff that looks like similar, but not the same? I just asked what was the best way. And I use this example. I have one student, very good. And and uh, he had to play the Cancion de l'Emperador, one piece mm -hmm. like this. And when he, when he I read the piece and play the piece for me, I just realized that probably never heard such a music because it was so and strange and I didn't understand anything and actually I didn't know how to explain because it was coming from zero and I just put 30 seconds of this song actually mm -hmm. and in 30 seconds I don't know everything worked for him and I knew it would work with him like this some mm -hmm. other people I would need much more explanation much more things so it really depends for me, I, I, I like to listen at very different moments. For example, when somebody is doing a transcription of a piece I know I don't know, uh, I I listen 10 seconds at the beginning, and if the character totally changed, I just listen 10 more seconds. And and I prefer to don't have too much information. That's that's my style. For example, if I learn the piece by a composer, I will not read anything about him. I will be like this. And maybe when I know the piece, I will want to have more information. But just that's how I work for me i don't give any advice of that and uh, probably i would even give the advice of not doing this i don't know i i just you you, you need to find a way to make yourself to click uh, i don't know about musicians but a lot of actors have talked a lot about that how they do it hmm. and some of them you know there is all the time this story you play a character you don't see if he has kids and a wife or whatever but some people will create their own life even if you never see the kids, yes, on the on the on the, the movie. Yeah. Other, they would not do that. I mean, it really depends. Yeah, like the, the taxi driver approach with the Nero, no, versus exactly. Yes. Yes. So it depends, mm. I guess. What about you, Fabio? Uh, I I just think that the the quest for any artist, especially for performing artists, is to find your own style of learning. Mm -hmm. uh, each person ha will have a different way. Mm -hmm. My way, 
Of course, I'm not answering your question. I will. Uh, but my way of, uh, of uh, learning music is experimenting. Just here in Alicante, I'm giving a course on transcription. And many people come with half a transcription already done. And they get very attached to it. Oh, they, they like the piece the way they've conceived that. And, uh, and the, the, the key that have, they, they have decided to play and uh, to cut the notes they, they want to cut. I said, well, first of all, transcribing is not cutting notes. Second, we don't know what is the best key for this piece. You have to play in, in several different keys to see which one will work best. So first, let's experiment and then you make up, up your mind. And many of the, the, uh, the musicians that I admire the most tend to be the same. Uh, of course, when, when you finally play that in concert, it's something that is more, um, how can I say, more consolidated. It, 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 you you are you are more assured more assured of the way you play, but the whole process to get you to that is a more experimental process. I was just listening the other day to a great friend of mine who is the first horn at the Concertgebouw Orchestra, and she was teaching the students and you know just saying the craziest things and encouraging them to play in several different ways. So instead of saying oh we have to make a crescendo here because it's written in the, in the score, well let Let's not make a crescendo. Let's make a diminuendo. Let's play that fast. Let's play that slow. Let's uh, make it sound like a butterfly. You know, I mean, uh, she encourages people to to do things in in the craziest ways, so they can develop uh, this kind of suppleness, flexibility of approach that lets your subconscious to come up with ideas that you couldn't you couldn't imagine um, before you started to learn the music. But now, uh, replying to your answer, I watch a lot of concerts, and my prim primary interest in that is I love listening to music. I really get, have a great time there. I, it's the best time of my life, really, to, to go to a great concert like I went last week, you know, to see Evgeny Kissing, to see... Um, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to see Pavo Yervi doing Mahler third. I mean, it, it just, you know, the privilege of being in a great hall, watching a great orchestra, playing great music, it's, it's, it's already fantastic for me. And sometimes, of course, you absorb things. I mean, you cannot be indifferent to watching uh, somebody as persuasive as Evgeny Kissing. I mean, I didn't like the first half at all, but when he came and played Rachmaninoff, there's something very special about that. You look at the audience and everybody's is mesmerized. Everybody... I mean, nobody breathes when he's playing, uh, you know, the, 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 the slower studies with that beautiful quality of sound. So in a certain way, it reinforces to me the necessity of uh, producing beautiful tone quality and, and being able to project that in, in a consistent musical way to the audience. To me, there is no point in having a beautiful sound if people cannot hear it. So... Mm. No, it makes sense. I, talking about concerts, I, and, and Pavo Yeri, I saw him... Uh doing the Eroica with the Berliner like uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Ah, oh, man, I, I had never seen him live. And I mean, like, wow, just the, the tempos he takes, like, yeah. so interesting, like, very, like, yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing experience. And yeah, I, I, we, 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 I, I think that's how we became friends, right? Like we were talking, we started talking about the different concerts one goes to and like, uh, certain it artists. A, it's kind of freaky because we see exactly the same concept even if we don't live at the same place. That only means that we are getting old because we have we have seen the bad ones and we simply don't return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what else have you guys seen? So I, I'm assuming you, you saw you saw Kissing in Paris? Yes. Yeah. Playing uh playing same thing, right man enough and first part wow. Bach and uh <laughs> The yeah. motor sonata that was very weird. Ah, yes, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> About the Mozarts, <laughs> it was kind of heavy and uh, heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yes, true. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, uh, so that's awesome. What What else do you have lined up? I mean, it's it's kind of like I I always feel like the spring is kind of like where the greatest concert happen for some yeah. reason between March and May, uh, and then I've in Germany the... we have Klavier Festival Ruhr on top, and then the summer festivals start to happen. So what 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 are you looking forward? I've I've seen also Pierre Antaille, our in France, 
And uh, he did something that I used to see when I was a kid. He played a full back suite, but me, uh, the, the, the suite was uh, composed by different movement of different suites put at the same tonality together. Uh, basically, he played the, the prelude from the cello uh, mm. one to start. After that, he played two movements of a violent uh, sonata, the suite, the partita, sorry. And he finished by the lute suite uh, second, the giga and the double. He put everything on the same tonality and he created a new suite. So it, it, it's, and they were just movement that we play on the guitar. And that's funny because I remember I've seen that many years ago and I've seen Turibio Santos doing this kind of thing in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so it's funny to see that 40 years after done by a very successful clavecinist, harpsichord player. You know, to create your own suite. And it was funny because it was just done by movement that we play on the guitar. Wonderful. Yes. I mean, that, that is something. Uh, uh, Bream, uh, nobody does this at all. And uh, nobody, uh, at some point, the, the guitars became like the majority, right? Became super purists and oh, yes. started doing urtext and the urtext of the urtext, etc. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, yes. there's these editions of Julian Bream of the Rosinianas, right? Where he takes different themes, the themes that yeah, he likes he... the best, and then he he, he creates a Franken-Rossiniana, and then and it's published, but but nobody plays it. Like I, yeah, I'm, and... I'm, I'm, I'm feeling people might come back to that at some point, no? Yeah, he's doing this with the Diabetes yeah. Sonata, actually, also. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Okay. One of the best concerts I've seen so far, like, in my life, it's a, a local guy for Judy Kyle. It's uh, Pierre Loan, Aymar. Uh, uh, with uh, Stefanovic, they, they they came to um to uh to the Pierre Boulet Salle, and I was mm -hmm. sitting on the first row with uh, Tal Kurwitz right next to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we we go we go to a lot of concerts together, and they play Visions de la Mer, mm -hmm. and uh, oh my god, man, like that is one of the greatest things I've seen. Like it, it was like an out of body experience to mm -hmm. hear like forty minutes of Mission, like. That was freaking incredible. Yeah, we're, we're, I feel we're very lucky, like to be in this in this part of the world with all these concerts. It's oh, uh, yeah. it, it's pretty nice. I, I I can see why you wanna why you like to come keep on coming back uh, to this to this side of the pond, Fabio. <laughs> right? Yeah, not that São Paulo is any bad. I mean, of course we don't have yeah, have the best scene in Latin America kind of, for but, sure. Uh, of yeah. course, we have an Oxford that has very incredible mm -hmm. guests. Um, just you know, next week they we have a recital with Mark Andre Hamel in there. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, next I'm going to watch Manuel Barreco here in Alicante on Saturday. I'm really looking forward. I haven't seen Manuel playing solo for quite a long while, so I'm really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Uh, when I come back to Brazil, I'll have so many concerts lined up that I won't be able to see that many concerts, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to the opera at least twice. I'm seeing Cosi Fantuti there. I mean, I'm, I have a very, very diet. I, I don't know any music that increases your cholesterol, so. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I mean, no, it's great conversation. I, I, I really love to, to, to learn how, how you think about learning and, uh, and decisions. Maybe, maybe we can get into this kind of like tangent of, um deciding on what you play because it sounds like okay the the way you learn kind of stabilizes like once you get a certain capability and uh and it becomes very organic but when it's about setting up your concerts and uh and you're not bound to like i don't know like very strict like the, the, the downside of being in an agency for instance right or like being uh in a major recording contract is that many times and uh, uh, I'm not gonna say who, like I I I I would not reveal too much, but like a major a major uh, recording artist that used to be in in a major label, right? And one of the reasons that he told me he's not there anymore is because they were trying to start to impose. It's like ah well, why don't you record like you know Adelita and Recuerdos de la Alhambra and like that that type of mm -hmm. stuff, and then it's like no thanks, right? Uh, but but uh, that that is a handicap many times, right? Because you then, then you don't necessarily have full freedom of like 
knowing what you're going to play. It's like you talk to your manager and like, it's like, ah, but maybe next season you're going to do this. But in, in, in your guys' case, it's there's much more freedom in like choosing your repertoire and like your program and stuff like that. So is that, is, is there a, if formula or like some, some criteria that you guys use in like, okay, this, this year I'm going to play this, or is it more again, very organic on what's interesting you or like uh, a project that you might have or something like that. Like, how do you decide on your program and work towards towards that? Okay. For me, it depends. It depends on the process. Sometimes there's some pieces I I like, I learn, and for some reason it doesn't work or I don't play it very good and I don't know why or I feel it doesn't work or I am disappointed by the piece. Uh, I really want to play it, but for some reason there's some resistance. So I there's some pieces, quite some pieces that I really that I was able to play, but I never perform. I just play one time or two times, and I feel so disappointed that I just don't play it again, or I play it badly, and uh, I say okay, I will try later, and I never. So it really depends. Sometimes it's lately I don't know for some reason there's some pieces I like I give to some students, and when I really realize that the piece I really like it, I play it. I did that with actually some pieces lately that I learned after I gave to my students. Um, so there's there's no rules. I mean, sometimes there's some pieces I want to play for years and I never do it. And, and sometimes I feel I can did, do it. So there's no really reason. And sometimes it can be just, uh, for example, now I'm going to learn the variation on Scriabin by Tansman, ah. which is a very famous piece. And yeah. I'm just going to learn it because I have to record it. Uh, and uh, and there you go. yeah, yeah, and if it were, you know, and it fits with my will, you know, yeah. but I wouldn't have done that for sure because I gave many class on it, mm. and I know very well the piece, but at the same time I know so well the piece that I don't want to spend time to put the fingers, mm. because uh, I have the feeling that I could play the piece tomorrow, but I know it won't happen, so it's kind of frustrated. So, uh, but I will do it just because uh, somebody told me to propose me to record that. Yeah, so it really depends. Well, but uh, okay, but it, it, in this case, it's like kind of close. You already know kind of the piece, but it's not like you would, uh, if someone proposed to record something completely different that you never, that you have no relation to, then that that is a, a bigger leap to to jump. You mean a new piece? Yeah, a new piece. Uh, yeah. Somebody who composed a piece. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the piece. It depends on the composer. It's very difficult to. To, to to say it but uh, mm. of course there's some composer live composer that i like so i it would be probably except if they start to give to do a very bad piece for me i would uh, definitely play it <laughs> uh, will you record this like as a solo thing or as a part of an album or, or yeah i could do it depends really on the piece and the composer but if i like the piece of course i will record no no, no i i'm i'm sorry i mean i'm in the tansman I don't know. Tasman is part of a project. It's the CD I did for GHA, and uh, it fits perfectly. This is actually fast. I propose me to do that, and yeah. I was thinking it was a good idea. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Just to complement that, yeah. that, uh, that, yes. that, that thematic. No. Yeah, I, I mean, play right enough. Scriabin, blah blah. So it right. fits. For you, Fabio. I mean, you, you've, you've gone back to recording more often with the collaboration with, with Marcelo, right? So when you're and, and you're doing these America's albums and we, we we talk about those. So in 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 selecting the the the, the topic, right? Like or like the, the the theme of the album and 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 that that whole stuff. Like, is that full your decision or is it more like oh we want to release this kind of thing and uh, and 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 there's a match there. Like how how do you? It's fully my decision. Uh, my my projects. Um, I try not to do anything that is is too uh, too arcane. Mm. Uh, so I, I mean, me and Marcelo, we 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 can agree about that. And uh, I'm not recording only with them. I mean, I've just recorded an album with a singer for Naxos and another mm. album with piano. So uh, I, I have several balls in the air at the same time. But in the case of my solo albums, I'm a victim of the legacy trap. Mm. Uh, I, I just uh, every time I, I learn a piece and I feel that I play well, I want to leave it for posterity for some reason. I mean, that's a disease, but I, I cannot fight it. 
So mm. I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that my techniques is still there to record the, the hardest things. Mm. I don't know what it will be like in 10 years time. So if I'm going to do, you know, uh, a big recording of uh, of some difficult pieces, or better, I mean, Rodrigo or, or something. Like that. I'll, I'll better do it right now. Or Bach, for me, technically speaking, is one of the hardest things. That's an interesting one, actually, because that's something that happened to me, and that, that's that's the reason I recorded an album. It's because, uh, you know, I you know I've taken master class with you both for years. I know you both for years, but I I and then I changed my career. I I was like. I mean, I want to be able to tell my kids someday, like, hey, your dad played guitar at some point, right? So, and and this is kind of where it was, like, but, but that was very super personal, right? But um, from your perspective, if there's some, and I had in my in the back of my head, it's like, ah, it would be good to at some point before before I'm too rusty, like, record this kind of stuff, right? Do you also keep, keep like, both of you, do you keep, like, something that you're, like, Maybe not today, maybe next year, not next year, but like I want to be able to before I I hang the guitar, like I want to record this. Does yeah, well, exist? in my case, I mean, there are some pieces that are extremely demanding. I haven't recorded yet. And there are pieces that I think I play very well, like Music of Memory by Nicholas Moore, the blue guitar yeah, by Tippett, yeah. uh, the, the first sonata by Hans Werner Hense. I mean, if I don't record that before age 65, I might never do it. So Mm. Um, uh, oh, oh, at the same time, my choice of repertoire, I mean, I, I live out of performing, so I, I don't say no. So, for instance, in, the, in two weeks' time, I'll have to play in a place in Brazil called San Luis mm. for, for a project that is part of the national heritage. So it's a, a, a project that joins music with architecture. I'm going to play in an old palace, and uh, there's a, a, a historian who is coming to talk about the history of the place, uh, which is actually a city that was founded by the French uh, back in the 16th century. And uh, I mean, I'll have to play some French Renaissance music, something I haven't done since I was a teenager. <laughs> um, but I, I don't say no. I mean, I, 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 that is my profession. That is my main source of income. So I, I'm always learning new repertoire for that kind of thing. Just after that, I mean, less than a month after that, I'll have, I'll have to play a, a new concerto by Benjamin Dwyer. Uh, that it, I'm still learning. So I, I try to keep my life very organized. So I yeah. managed to learn all those pieces with a minimum of stress. Of course, there is a lot of stress, but... Uh, yeah. It, but but you, you have kind of like that that yeah. that that bucket list kind of uh, uh, pieces that would be nice to kind of leave there, right? Now, what about you, Jika? Like you, you, you play so many, so many varied, varied things as well. Like, do you have some, some things you want to do for sure? Like no, in the coming actually, years? no, really, no, no. I don't have. Really? I mean, sometimes there's some stuff I want to do, and in fact, I don't change. So I don't say I can't say that there's one piece. The only stuff I would like maybe to do is uh, something linked with my youth that I would like to do my dad or whatever but for me nothing <laughs> there's nothing i really think i i should play it or whatever i would uh, i play a saturday concert uh, in this so and uh it's a place they would be my ex-teacher so i would play some pieces that i i learned when i when he was my teacher mm. and i could record those pieces but it's nothing linked with uh something very special no I, there's no specific piece i really want to i say okay i need to play that before not be able to play or to play no that makes sense i mean i mean i'm I, like this but it depends of the it depends of the mythology you have of, of the of the music i remember one thing kind of sad my teacher my teacher yes he was my teacher alberto Pons was somehow my teacher was all the time uh, saying that uh, he wanted to play the Chacon by Bach and never play it. And when he, and after that, it was too late. Mm. I remember this. Mm. I mean, you know, but I won't have this problem because there's nothing I really want to play specifically. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will never have this kind of problem. <laughs> or because you can play everything until like, I don't know, you're like 90 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting that the new generations, like, because 
we're all getting older. I'm also not getting younger, right? And uh, and I kept on thinking. I I saw, uh, of of course, of course, you, Jikel, and uh, and you're gonna see Manuel soon, Fabio. And uh, I was just surprised, um, because Manuel is and David, they're getting up there, but uh, I guess it's because like technique just evolved, or like you know, just the the guitar as a as an instrument matured. Mm -hmm that we're having artists that just last long. It's kind of like soccer players, right? Like mm -hmm. now be, be, before people would retire when they were like 30 and now people are playing until they're 40. I feel mm -hmm. that's starting to happen, right? So so uh, I, I'm be really interesting to see like really high level of performance um, until much, much later on. Because even for like beloved people, like, like we can mention, like from the, from the past generation, mm. once they hit like 75, 80, like 70, et cetera, things just started to decay, like really fast. Right. Like, uh, and maybe even before that. Right. So I, I think people are more prepared now to, to kind of tackle, to have longer careers. Do, do, do you feel like that? And I, 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 because I, I, I see Manuel, I see that David and he's, they, they still got it. It's like, I think I think it has uh, is a combination of good genes uh, with eventually healthy habits. Mm. I mean, if you keep learning, you are more likely to to uh, to keep mentally alert for longer, for sure. Mm. Uh, so that is a good thing. I mean, just keep repeating uh, what you've done all your life is not very conducive to to a good mental condition to 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 keep your longevity. But I mean, the genes are. Mm -hmm. Paramount. I think uh, the the natural inclination for that is is paramount. I, I was just uh, uh, noticing that I'm 57 now. Eh? First time I saw Julian Breen play, he was my age. He was 57, mm -hmm. and he was well past his prime. So, I mean, but then he smoked a lot, he drank a lot, he was very regular, and maybe yeah, and he had an accident. I, I, I now you tell me that I realize uh, you say about pieces I would like to play, I would like to do for my uh, jubilee for my 100 years the 12 studies by Villa Lobos concert. <laughs> <laughs> so I will do that. So this good. is my this is my goal. But the Eshig edition or like... <laughs> the 12 studies when I'm uh, yeah and I give and I give myself to myself one hour and 30 minutes to do it. <laughs> the 12 studies. I, I, I promise to be there to watch you. <laughs> live live recording. Live recording. No, but, uh, no, no joke. I, I, I think of course the genes are, are very important, but also it kind of depends on the instrument. For example, for violin, you mm. don't hear. I mean, at a certain age, you have a problem for the, to hear precisely the pitch. Wow. So yeah. objectively, you have a huge problem yeah. for this instrument. There's some instrument where the physical thing is also stronger than other. Mm. And obviously, there's also the repertory because on the repertory, for example, on piano, you have a bunch of repertory that you wouldn't call extremely difficult that you can play even if you have less strengths. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult to compare with all those guys who were like 80, 85, who were playing amazing that you see on piano that you don't see so much in mm -hmm. violin or cello. So I, 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 my feeling is... Uh, on guitar, we have the frit. So even if you don't hear very well, if you hear enough to tune the yeah. guitar correctly, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, about physical strengths and everything, I don't know because I don't play another instrument. So it's very difficult for me to compare mm -hmm. how physically difficult it is in comparison of trumpet, in comparison of piano, in comparison. So I, uh, it, it might be more difficult than the piano for sure. I, yeah, the piano sure. is much more forgiving. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like so, Menachem Presla, you know. The, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. No? yes. So, mm. wow, you did a very good imitation of Menachem Presla. <laughs> no, man. Maybe, no, maybe, we're going to get canceled. Maybe you should, get canceled. Uh, yeah, you will be canceled for that. We're going to get banned. <laughs> yes. But uh, it was pretty terrible what you did. I, I am, I am, I am Gide oh Kael and I, and I disapprove this moment. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's all condemn. I, I was not. I was I was generalizing moving my my hands as a pianist, not specifically him. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this is too much fun, man. No, I mean, 
but that is that is very true. Uh, the in that concert that I saw of Barenboim, for instance, they played a very very small piece of uh, with uh, in duo uh, with um, with with Marta Argerich and you could barely touch the 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 keys, like barely 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 touch it. But you know, it was an easy enough piece that it was just beautiful as an encore that you can mm. still get away with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, full fledged concert still when when you have that. Uh, nobody knows really what illness he has, but like it's he just cannot play. Like mm. there, there comes a point in which like, which is the great advantage of conductors, right? I mean, mm. I, I, I um, when, when I was in San Francisco, uh, I saw I went to see a lot uh, uh, Herbert Blomstedt mm. conduct. Yeah, yeah. No, and mm. that was five years ago, mm. and he was nine. He was eighty seven or eighty nine, mm. and now he's like ninety three or ninety four, and he's still with the Berliner Philharmonica mm. and going on tour. And like, it's just, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a uh, yeah because you don't actually have to play, right? Then then it's just uh, like your cognitive uh, uh, ideas trans- transmitted, right? But but yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, all that all that goes to say, uh, Fabio. I think I I I think you're you're gonna have an an amazing concert. Like Manuel still got it. I was really, uh, in fact, he probably played played better last time I saw him in Koblenz than maybe like when I saw him five years ago or something. It's uh, Wonderful. it's interesting sometimes the maturity, like how how that adds. Add, uh, I I saw a different kind of energy also like people coming back from the pandemic it, it, it was just uh, more special somehow i guess right so so yeah i mean send send a big hug also to manuel and, and ask her if she's around like yeah that that'd be nice yeah yeah folks th- thanks so much i mean just keep this one short i i uh i, I really really uh appreciate the time it's been an awesome combo uh we'll we'll continue to chat and uh uh the news is that I'm actually going to be in the States. So I know you both are going to be in the GFA. So we oh, might yes. actually make this happen. Ooh, that's so, great. Oh, yeah. 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 So let's try to do one of these live. It'll be yes, cool. Like some, some, some guests and stuff like that. Right? That'd be awesome. Have a good night, folks. Take care. Bye. Have Thank a you. good one. Bye. Great Bye. talk to you. Bye.